Hello and welcome to Look for the Helpers, an ICT-SOS podcast. My name is Amber Gonzalez, the Education Coordinator for ICT-SOS. When our favorite neighbor Fred Rogers was a boy and would see scary things in the news, his mother would say to him, Look for the Helpers. You will always see people helping. Today, myself and our Executive Director Jennifer White will be discussing how we are doing here at ICT-SOS and what we think might be coming down the line for us as well as how you and the community can remain involved as COVID-19 measures begin slowly lifting. For further information about ICTSOS and how you can help or donate, please visit our website, ictsos.org, and follow us on social media at ICTSOS. You can also find today's show notes mentioned in this episode, links, and reporting lines on our website at ictsos.org forward slash blog. Hello, hello. Hello. Yeah, I think we're going to be good. Sound good? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we're beginning today's podcast, and Jennifer White and I, Amber Gonzalez, we are actually sitting in the office six feet away from each other. So I think we're so excited that we get to see each other's faces that um, we don't even really know what, what to talk about, like where to begin. <laughs> we're not on a Zoom call. We're not on a Zoom call. <laughs> I didn't, I did send show notes with things that we're going to talk about, but it's just, it's definitely different being in person now. Yeah. I've actually gotten (laughs) to see all of our crew, um, kind of individually over the last week or so with the semester wrapping up and, um, evaluations for practicum students and, uh, just, you know, popping into the office to check mail and things like that and, and catching, um, you and Haley and, Ellen and her girls stopped by the house the other day to drop something off. So it's been nice to see everybody's faces again. I love that because um, this whole pandemic has been really hard. But something I think that has hit us really, really hard just on a personal level is that we have these interns and practicum students for one year and we've all fallen in love with each other and everybody's fantastic. And the last few months of the time we get to spend with each other, we have had to be separate. And that has really sucked. Right. You know, but on the flip side of that, we've been really fortunate that we have been able to keep our practicum students on. You know, I know some of the social works. So we have two from WSU from the social work department and one from Newman. And I know that some of their classmates, if they were in schools or in hospitals, their practicums just kind of ended abruptly. And Mm -hmm. so we've had to shift gears. And, you know, it definitely stinks, but we've at least got to still stay connected with them. So I was just talking this morning um, with Liz, um, who's, I think, been on the podcast before, um, about, you know, when all of this kind of settles down a little bit and everybody feels comfortable again, at least getting together and, you know, having dinner, doing something to kind of wrap up the school year and, and our time together and They've all told me that they're not actually leaving us, that they're going to stay and volunteer. Oh, yeah. So we're going to take them up on it. We're never going to let them leave. <laughs> I've tried to figure out how to flunk them, but they've you all done a good heart. job. So <laughs> I guess we'll we'll let Liz graduate and let uh, Sierra and Ashlyn go on to their next year and of grad school. Speaking of graduation, yes. you have graduated. I have. Congratulations. Thank you. Like everybody else, um, no commencement ceremony at this point. Um, I've been at friends 
the last couple of years. I went back actually in 2015, I think. I've been taking okay. one or two classes at a time, just kind of plugging along. And so um, Friends is actually um, tentatively scheduled to have a commencement in August. So we'll see what that looks like. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm done. I turned in my last paper the other day and then I just sat at my kitchen table and stared at my laptop like, what do I what do? do, I, do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have homework anymore because it's been, you know, five years or so of, yeah. of at least having some sort of, of classwork to right. do. So yeah, I'm really excited. Um, really, my heart really goes out to the, the traditional college graduates and especially the high school graduates Mm -hmm. this year it's just it's such a strange time and you know so much loss for so many people of you know just events and we were supposed to be in Washington DC last week Mm -hmm. um you know with with the FBI for an award um you know obviously we weren't able to travel and But, um, you know, we've been really fortunate through this, though. We've been able to keep working. Um, we've been able to keep everybody on staff. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's been able to work from home. You know, a lot of us have kiddos that are home from school now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we've been very fortunate that we've had the the flexibility to do what we need to do and adjust and work on some different projects and, and just keep trucking. So, yeah. but I think we're all ready to get back to being in the office a little more and being able to interact with um, you know, our, our colleagues and our partners across the city again, um, see some of our, our kids that we work with and some of the different programs, um, some of our survivors that we've been able to connect with and Mm -hmm. just, you know, have FaceTime with people again, like actual FaceTime, Mm -hmm. not, not iPhone FaceTime. Right. Right. I don't want to FaceTime with you. I want (laughs) some time with your face. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) Six feet apart, but in the same place. Yes, exactly. I totally agree. No, you're absolutely right. Because I know when all of this started, I mean, you and I were even texting each other like, what is going on? Are we going to be okay? What kind of adjustments do we need to make so we can think about not just, you know, surviving the next few months, but the long haul. And we just got to work so fast on some of those kind of protections and some grants and some different things and our projects that we're in a good place and that feels really good. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's a huge credit to both our board and our staff, you know, that people were able to, um, kind of dig in and take on some roles that they wouldn't normally, um, you know, do some different projects and some different things, um, so that we could shift gears and do what we needed to do. So we also partnered with, um, Medis and their project, um, together we're greater than a pandemic and they rallied some of the local restaurants to um, provide food and we handled the donation side of that but we're able to help um, keep kids fed until the schools kind of got their um, feeding program up and Mm -hmm. going and then um, continued to provide meals for um, the children's home and Mm -hmm. it takes a village and um, some of the other programs, um, the domestic violence shelters and things that are now serving clients that are, um, you know, had been sheltering in place, um, eating more meals in the facility versus Mm -hmm. in school or out in the community and things like that. So, um, we were really fortunate to be able to, to partner with that and continue to serve, um, the community in just a little bit different way. And then as that kind of started to, to wrap up, um, 
we were able to then also partner with another project called called ICT Together that was started by um, Dr. Brad Dart here in town, working with um, the hospitals and um, the EMS services and, and things like that to fill in some of the gaps. You know, the community's really stepped up and wrapped around a lot of our medical first responders, but there was still some things um, that not necessarily fell through the gaps, but maybe just were things that we didn't realize were in need um, right up front. So we had several nurses that were traveling um, to other parts of the country to serve where this has hit harder, Mm -hmm. um, New York and Chicago and things like that. But then they had family here at home. And so we were able to help with some DoorDash gift cards, um, you know, for their families and um, help with some hotel expenses. Um, they were able to send some things to some medical providers overseas, um, serving with the military. Um, and then, uh, you know, personal protective equipment Mm -hmm. has been, you know, a big issue across the board. Mm -hmm. Once the hospitals and things kind of got caught up with that, um, EMS services were still struggling to provide those things for, you know, ambulance drivers and things. So it's just been a neat project to kind of get to, um, you know, again, like we always do, fill in the gaps where something mm-hmm. else doesn't fit. Yeah. Um, so we've been working with them now for several weeks and, um, yeah, just shifting gears and continuing to serve, um, you know, our partner agencies, um, the medical providers that we work with, you know, on a regular basis, mm-hmm. serving survivors. You, right. You know, we talked to Megan with Forensic Nursing last week. Yep. And um, so it's just it's a different way to serve some of the same services and and partner with them as their needs Mm -hmm. change. Right. Right. And keep supporting them. Yeah. Yeah. That's been so encouraging to me during all of this is just seeing our community like wrap its arms around each other and people stepping up and what do you need and how can we help? And it's just been so encouraging. Yeah. I think, um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, people are generally good, you know, and, and when bad things happen, you know, we call our podcast, look for the helpers when bad things happen. Um, it's not that those helpers aren't always there. It's just that they're given an opportunity to step into, um, a place of greater visibility and, Mm -hmm. or maybe we just look for them more and, and we see maybe the things that they do, on a daily basis that nobody ever recognizes. Yeah. So I think about people like the trash collectors, yeah. right? You know, I mean, everybody talks about medical and, and things like that. And those things are so important, but you know, when we're talking about frontline workers and, you know, the quote unquote essential mm-hmm. jobs, you know, you, you have to think about things like um, the postal service mm-hmm. and the garbage men and, the custodians in the healthcare um, facilities and things yeah. like that. There's just, there's so many people that um, are those unsung heroes day in and day out that I hope are maybe at least getting a little bit of, of the spotlight and a little bit of the love right mm-hmm. now for the things that they, they would be doing anyway. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, and I feel like a, one of those huge ones um, that has just kind of come to the surface that we always interact with is like grocery store helpers. People checking me out right. online. Like I'm always interacting with them. 
but now more than ever, as I check people out, like, or as they check me out, I'm always like, man, thank you for being here. Thank you. Because they're wearing the mask and all, but they're touching all the things and you can right. tell some of them are kind of nervous and some of them are like, you know, they're ready to help. And right. Yeah. Well, in our, our restaurants too, you know, one of yep. the things that was yep. so neat about, um, the program with, uh, Alex Harb at Medis and, and his crew was, you know, this thing hit and it shut restaurants down. Mm-hmm. And so, especially for our smaller locally owned places, it, that was a huge, huge loss yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. And rather than, you know, kind of roll over and take it, they they kind of fought back. Like, yeah. you know what, this is gonna hit us really hard and we're gonna hit back by helping as many people as mm-hmm. we can. And so being able to facilitate the donations for that, um, it allowed some of those restaurants to keep their staff working. Mm-hmm. Um, and the donations covered the cost of expenses for um, food supplies and things like that for them to then be able to prep meals. So, um, you know, Picasso's was really involved in that. Greystone, um, Medi's, you know, several different restaurants. And so it just, it was neat to kind of see this this industry that <laughs> really was on the receiving end of you know this mm-hmm. huge hit mm-hmm. turn around and say nope we're gonna we're gonna help other people even yeah. as we are are suffering yeah absolutely and I think that's kind of the spirit of a lot of people in Wichita yeah you know like you said people have really kind of rallied around each other and mm-hmm. um, tried to just kind of figure out how do we how do we be good neighbors how yeah, do we have do. each other's back yeah yeah it's so timely that we've been starting this podcast because it's been our plan for uh, since last summer and we've kind of got it in, in, you know, in motion and recorded a couple things, stops but it just starts. Feels, <laughs> yeah. Stops and starts. It just feels really timely right now because like you just said earlier, you know, I open up the podcast each time with that quote from Mr. Rogers or really from his mother, um, who said, you know, when there's scary things in the news, look for the helpers and right. that's what's happening. So right now we're looking for the helpers, but I'm going to be really excited to continue this as we continue to look for helpers. And like you said, hopefully, hopefully this just kind of sparks something in somebody. I, I feel like it's, it's almost like a trendy thing when people talk about like, oh, be kind to each other and be nice and let's love each other. And, you know, it's just kind of like a phrase that we, that we kind of throw around sometimes. Right. But this really gives us the chance to really put that in practice to the point where it's like, okay, if I don't step up and help, if I'm not going to be kind, if I don't love, if I don't, like you said, if I don't take part of my suffering and turn it around and try to be creative with it, um, you know, other people might suffer too. And so um, it gives people a chance to be like, okay, I'm going to look for the helpers. I'm going to be a helper too. And then we can all pull through this together. And one of the questions that I get asked a lot as I go out in the community and, and, you know, do education around trafficking and, you know, kind of what we do and and what this looks like. Um, I get asked a lot, you know, how, how do you do what you do? How do you see the things that you see every day? And, you know, isn't that really hard? And yes, it is. But the thing that I always tell people is you don't understand the front row seat that I have to the helpers, right? I see the, detective that brings a kid a fresh start bag and make sure that they have something to eat and that they're comfortable before starting an interview with them. I see the advocate that goes out of their way to, you know, find a bike for a kid that 
is you know now doing well and and wanting to get a job and needs transportation back and forth to work or the therapist that you know right now our therapists have had to shift gears and and figure out how to use technology to connect with their kids so yes the issue that we deal with is is very difficult and very dark and very heavy sometimes and it's going to continue to be as as we go forward with this you know the the coronavirus stuff has kind of taken over everybody's forefront of their minds, but this stuff that we deal with all the time is still going on. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's going to continue. And so, you know, yes, it's, it's heavy and it's dark and it's, it's difficult sometimes, but I think that, you know, like you were saying, I, one of my hopes through this is that people do get to see the helpers a little bit more, um, like we do all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, it's never not going to be hard, but to get to see that side of these issues. Um, and that's, that's why we started this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's why we go out and, and speak and provide information to the community, because unless you're directly affected by some of these things, you may not know all of the, the helpers that are out there. Yeah. Um, and you know, just how much goes into, supporting survivors and preventing child abuse mm-hmm. and um, providing services to kids that have been sexually abused or physically abused. There's just so many great things in our community that wrap around that. And my hope is that as we continue um, with the podcast, that this gives a platform for the community to kind of quote unquote, meet those people mm-hmm. Um and, and continue to, to see the helpers that are in our community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you guys can't see me right now, but I'm just sitting here nodding my head um, <laughs> because, yes, absolutely. That's exactly why we started this podcast is just to give people the same perspective that we have. And it's so funny. Like you said, like, yes, it's hard. But and I feel like I say that same thing, too, whenever I tell people about what I do, um, because the same reaction. Anytime you bring up, that's how you ruin a conversation. Oh, immediately. Y- yeah. Ruin, you want to ruin a dinner party? You what do you do? Ruin. Well, I run an organization that <laughs> fights human trafficking and everybody goes, oh, uh, uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Like a collective, like, oh, kind <laughs> the, of a the facial expressions. Like, change. oh, I can't handle that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to <laughs> enjoy my dinner. Um, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. And it's um, so, you know, this about me that I am one just overall a nerd and that's <laughs> totally awesome with me but the reason being well one of the reasons being that I love data I love research I'm kind of a nerd about that um, and I talk about the book factfulness all the time it's just a phenomenal book um, but going along with that is it's it's kind of that like yes this really sucks but overall things are getting better And it's because of the helpers and the people and the people who are aware of the situation and that we're seeing not just how to rescue people from these situations like trafficking, but how do we change systems and social structures and shift power dynamics. And we're leaning into that and figuring that out. And so it's a very strange thing to tell someone like, yeah, it's very heavy. It really it sucks. It's very painful for a lot of survivors. Um, and then you carry that because you carry that with you. Um, but things are getting better and you kind of get this look from people's faces like, what, why are you, I, I don't understand. That doesn't right. compute with me. That's <laughs> not the, that's not the story that we're sold, you know, by the media about 
all kinds of issues, right? Yeah. Not just trafficking and abuse, but you know, what, what's the saying? If it bleeds, it leads, you mm-hmm. know, that it's just, we're barraged with bad news and, and things like that, um, as a society, but you know, you and I get to go into classrooms yeah, and we talk with middle school and high school kids and I've, I've been in schools long enough now that I can look back over the five or six years and see a shift mm-hmm. in um, understanding of, of different topics, um, perception of different things, um, the conversations that we have with kids. They're very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Um, they're processing through, you know, what does the world look like? now what do I want that to look like and then what is my role in helping create that Mm -hmm. and and how do I be a proactive part of of changing things to create this world that I want to live in and that's a really really encouraging thing to get Mm -hmm. to be a part of yeah um to see our our young people really digging into and thinking about um how do we make things better mm-hmm. and then owning it and and taking some ownership and taking some action on it mm-hmm. it's really exciting absolutely yeah i would say i've come into contact with so many students that are already at a higher um, emotional intelligence and awareness of the world and social issues and what to do about it than I ever was at their age. Well, and I'm <laughs> older than you. And so at their age, you know, if it existed beyond the end of my own nose, I don't think I yeah. was aware of it. Yeah. My concerns in middle school and high school were, you know, what, a, what am I going to get on this math test? And does that boy like me? Yeah. <laughs> and that was kind of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And you're absolutely right. When you get into a classroom, it's one of those things like you, you may be working in trying to help a survivor in, in a very you know tough situation and we do what we can there. And then you walk into a school and we do some prevention education. We talk about these issues and you see them catch on to the empathy and you see them want to make a change. And so it's this weird kind of balance of like, okay, yes, there's these things that just still are really bad. Right. And then there's this next generation coming up that are really, I, I truly do believe are going to continue to make things better yeah it's kind of that concept of um it sounds morbid but there's a, a story somewhere I heard along the lines about um bodies in a stream mm-hmm. and yeah you know and trying to fish the bodies out as they come down the stream or going up the stream and figuring out what's happening mm-hmm. and that's you know with the prevention education piece I feel like that's where we can really go upstream mm-hmm. and and have those conversations about empathy and about compassion I was just having a conversation this morning with somebody about um you know and I f- fully own up to the fact that I'm very Pollyanna and overly optimistic about the world <laughs> in general but um it really boils down to how do we be better neighbors? Mm -hmm. How do we be better friends? How do we look out for each other better? Mm. And we could eliminate a lot of problems in the world if we would just come at things with that, that attitude. And that's one of the things that I think has been a silver lining in this whole coronavirus thing is you know, people are thinking about, you know, hey, my neighbor is a little older. She probably doesn't want to go to the store. I have to go get a few things today. I'm going to check in and see if she needs anything. You know, it's it's things that are as simple as that, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, help prevent some of these just, you know, 
inequalities in the world and, and mm. abuses in the world. Um, because when we, when we back up and we look at the trafficking issue, our people that are vulnerable are those p- the people that don't have connections that, you know, they're either seeking those connections out or somebody's recognizing that they don't have those connections and that safety net and they're exploiting that. And so the more we create those connections with each other, the harder it is for somebody to come in and take advantage of somebody, whether that's somebody that is, you know, elderly or, you know, disadvantaged financially mm-hmm. or a youth that is struggling. Mm-hmm. It, so much of it goes back to relationship. And I think mm-hmm. that if there's any silver lining in this, I think we're strengthening relationships with mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. I, yeah. I hundred percent would agree with that. And even some of the, some of the data that, um, I had pulled together that we probably were going to talk about, we may, we may just reference it a little bit for this podcast. Um, but some of the data that I had pulled together on what we saw in 2019 when it comes to trafficking, um, a lot of, and we talk about this in schools. We talk about this when we give presentations, um, Again, it all goes back to this big myth about human trafficking where, you know, it's a kidnapper, kids are being snatched, that kind of thing. That's the idea of what human trafficking is out there in the news and on movies and, you know, Law and Order, SVU. Um, it's it's relationship-based, though. Um, it's where somebody, exactly like you said, comes in and just identifies a relationship um, or already has a relationship. So the number of family members who are traffickers is really, really high. In fact, it was one of the top um, the top categories of a trafficker for um, someone who is a minor in sex trafficking is that the trafficker is a family member. And then the next one is a known relationship, someone that they know. And then right. the next one after that is um, an intimate partner. So it's one of those things where it all comes down to that relationship, just like you said. And we know this about other things um, in the research and some of our volunteer class that we do, we really come to identify and we talk about all the time how when it comes to um, poverty, when it comes to people who maybe you know, food insecure or, um, could be struggling with, with finances. Um, you can come in and you can try to help someone with a tangible need, or you can help create connections for them. You can help them with relationships. And that's usually what's happening for someone that's, that's kind of stuck in that cycle or stuck in that position. It's not that they're lacking the things that we tangibly have, right? It's that maybe they're just lacking some of the relationships that you have, some of the connections you have. And so just building bridges and connections and relationships for people. Um, It's so weird to me that during this pandemic, I feel like it's going to draw people closer together in that way because we know we need each other now Right. when we have to be apart, right? And I think as as we start to... um, kind of come out of this whatever that looks like and whatever that timeline might be I think something that our listeners can kind of be thinking about is you know we have a lot of youth in different residential programs and things that have have been sheltering in place that have been cut off from some of those um, relationships and activities and you know school and and things like that and so Um, one of the things that we're going to be looking to do as things kind of start opening back up and things is um, provide some opportunities for 
um, youth to kind of kind of regain some of those connections. So, um, you know, maybe even think about things like zoo passes or, um, you know, just um, gift cards to go do things or or be able to kind of get out or or activities um, that they can do with maybe the volunteers or um, or staff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as as hard as this has been on some of us, we're not nearly as isolated as some of our our youth are um, because they're they've been now sheltering in place disconnected from their families um, for a number of reasons, um, you know, kind of depending on the program and things like that. But I just think we're going to have some really neat opportunities to help some of our kids ease back into whatever this this next phase of, of life looks like for all of us. So that may be something that, um, you know, as you're listening, if there's... Um, you know, if you have connections to, um, you know, just different activities or things like that, mm-hmm. that would be appropriate as, yeah. as things start to open up, um, you know, we can help connect you with some of those programs. Uh, we can get you some, some, um, you know, um, information yeah. for, for where to donate and things like that. Yeah. So I feel like this might be a good place for us to kind of talk about what is um, happening with us and what's coming for, because I've been getting emails and messages from people like, how can I help? Can I volunteer right now? I have time. Can I don't? What can I do? And we've kind of been in this place where we're like, oh, we don't know. Like, obviously, um, we are housed in the Child Advocacy Center. And they have put some guidelines in place. And so that's where our office is. So at the time, we have not been accepting donations. Um, and we have not had anyone come and physically volunteer with us. Right. And that is what has been happening up until this point. So um, what what do we feel like is, is kind of coming in next for people who maybe want to help? Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things that we do throughout the year is our fresh start bags. And when this all kind of started to come down the pipe, um, we did restock a lot of our, our partners, the hospitals and, um, you know, some of the different agencies that we work with the child advocacy center and EMCU and things like that. Um, those places are likely going to need to be restocked. Um, and so, my thought is we start looking at opening back up to um, some donations of specifically new things for the Fresh Start bags, which everything we put in the bags is brand new. Um, there's a list on our website at ictsos.org give of what goes in those bags. Um, I will get a an Amazon wish list set up. That's really the safest way to donate. And I think deliveries and things are starting to speed back up a little bit now um, on some of those things. So um, we'll get that set up and we we can link it in the show notes. But um, for right now, as far as in-person volunteers, I think we still need to be respectful of our space at the Mm -hmm. CAC. They are still serving clients. So um, just minimizing the amount of of extra bodies that are coming and going out of the building. Um, most of our staff is still working primarily from home. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in the office today, but mm-hmm. normally we're <laughs> we're at our kitchen tables. Um, 
so I think we'll just kind of, um, for volunteering, we'll kind of play that by ear and, and kind of take the lead of, of what the CAC is comfortable with as well. Um, but as far as donations and things, I think that's probably something we can start to open up a little bit more. Um, the easiest thing to do is to email me and just say, you know, hey, is there a good time I can drop things off? My email's real easy. It's just my first name, Jennifer, um, at ictsos.org. And we'll link that in the notes as well. But um, like I've, I know I've got somebody dropping off some blankets this week and some um, completed fresh start bags. So I think we can start to kind of ease up on those. And then, um, you know, every nonprofit in the world is saying this right now. But honestly, cash donations, financial contributions um, are the most helpful because that allows us the most flexibility. Mm-hmm. So as those needs arise, you know, with, with the funding, we can meet needs. One of our programs that we work with that has kiddos housed there um, told me the other day, their girls just really want McDonald's French fries. That's something that's so super easy. <laughs> we can run through a drive through do a porch drop, yep. wave at the kids, you know, from the car and yeah. let them know that we're thinking about them. and. Yep. So those are the kinds of things that as we kind of start to ease back into this, um, you know, that we're going to have some needs for. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So we will link all that on like the show notes and kind of the page and stuff. Um, so there's another big event that always happens, um, every year. Um, and this has been just, we've just been having really hard conversations about this. Um, do you have some kind of update on the race for freedom? I do. The update is that there is no update. We don't know. (laughs) But I know people will be asking. So if we can at least talk about some of the things that we're weighing and struggling that might help people understand what we're what we're dealing with. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with that event, we do put on a 5K race every September. We average about a thousand runners a year. So with spectators and and you know, things like that, we usually look at about 1,500 to 2,000 people gathered for that event. Um, we also pick a beneficiary each year, and this year our beneficiary is Rise Up for Youth. So obviously we want to do everything, you know, humanly possible in our power to be able to um, somehow still leverage that event to benefit um, Rise Up for Youth because we love them and we love the work that they do. And like a lot of organizations, they've had to cancel some of their typical fundraising events and things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I just, I don't want this to have to be one more loss for them. So we're, our race committee is looking at, um, you know, what our options are. Obviously the race is not until September, but there's a lot of things that have to happen, um, out in front of that. Things like ordering medals and t-shirts and bib numbers and, um, you know, a lot of upfront cost for an event that at this point in time, we just don't know mm-hmm. if 2000 people gathering in a space in September is even going to be a thing that's allowable. Yeah. So um, we're hoping to make a decision um, as the phases of the um, governor's plan to reopen the state kind of work their way through and and we see how that plays out Um we're looking to make a decision early July about what um, September looks like. And then, you know, on the backside of that, 
you know, kind of behind the scenes, it'll be a mad dash for us to, <laughs> to put this event together uh-huh. that normally we work on from, you know, January to September. Luckily yeah. we've done a couple of them. We've, yeah. we've got a few under yeah. our belt. This will be our eighth year. Yep. So, um, yeah. So, you know, obviously our, First and foremost, the safety of our runners and volunteers mm-hmm. and, and staff and community and um, and then our host site, Carpenter Place, mm-hmm. um, you know, they graciously allow us to take over their campus mm-hmm. every year. Um, there's just a lot of factors involved to make sure that, you know, if we're able to, to do this, the traditional, you know, 5K um, way that we've done it in the past we just want to make sure that we're putting every precaution in place to, mm-hmm. to keep everybody safe and healthy and all those good things. So, yeah, I mean, we're just, you know, like everything else, concerts and weddings and graduations and, yep. you know, anything that's any large mm-hmm. gathering of people is just really kind of a big question it's mark on the calendar yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah. So, but we will post updates um, on the Race for Freedom page. Um, on Facebook and then, you know, we'll update the website and, and things as we're, as we're moving forward. Um, we'll, you know, if we're able to open up, uh, registration in July, we'll push all of that information out, but yeah, so that's, that's my non update update. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Update is, uh, we'll see. (laughs) And I think that's the, the thing with a ton of events, you know, the other thing too, that, is going to affect a lot of things in the fall is events that were rescheduled from the spring that have Mm -hmm. now been pushed to the fall. And, you know, are we then looking, you know, are our fundraising events looking at competing with other Mm -hmm. events and, and things like that. Um, So I think everybody's just doing the best they can Mm -hmm. with the situation as it progresses to, you know, try to continue to raise support for, all kinds of issues yeah. in our community, but at the same time, still, um, you know, respect other events and try not to overlap and step on toes. And mm-hmm. so all goes back to that, you know, how do we look out for each other and be good neighbors and try to give each other some grace and yep. do the best we can. Yep. The next right thing right now. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll kind of wrap up this conversation. Um, is there anything else that you feel like as the executive director that just you'd like our listeners to know right now as some guidelines are being lifted, but we're still kind of unsure about what the future looks like? Yeah, I think the big thing is just do what you can with what you have to support the really great things in our community. Um, you know, whether that's restaurants, small businesses as they start to reopen, um, churches, you know, all of those things that, that make our community really great. So many of those things are suffering. And for us, so many of those things are sources of support for us or have been in the past. And so, um, you know, the only way we, we all make it to the finish line of this is to do it together. And so the more people can rally around those things, the quicker I think we'll we'll see some relief, um, from some of this as a, as a community. So, um, you know, 
order out and and go pick up from a local restaurant and then tip really well yes you know mm-hmm. when when everybody can Great make advice. it back and get their scraggly haircut yes yep. tip your stylist really well because <laughs> i think you had a, a home haircut situation I did. Didn't you? my husband is going to become a hair he's going to drop his engineering job I and i like think he's going to become a hairstylist <laughs> i'm rocking a um kind of a quarantine Dora the Explorer I would say <laughs> and I'm actually really digging it so <laughs> my uh, my quarantine style has been a ponytail and or a ball yeah. cap <laughs> it's been I have like a, I have a bunch of these scrunchies that have like big ribbons on them it's like a it's been a half up half down ribbon uh, Dora the Explorer I for like sure. it and I'm, I'm really liking this whole quarantine look it's been really good I had to um you know, we've, we've had such great support in our community over the years, and um, Subaru of Wichita is, is an organiz- or a business that has supported us through their Share the Love program every year for the last three years. And um, that program runs from, I think, the middle of November to the end of January. And for every car they sell, they make a donation in a certain amount. And like I said, this is our third year to be the beneficiary. So that the fundraising portion of that mm-hmm. really happened before all of Last this year, right? craziness yeah. kind of hit. And yeah. um, they actually uh, presented the check yesterday to us. And, you know, normally we have a big... Mm-hmm. big presentation yeah. um it's on our facebook you can go and watch the video but it was just me and um emily from from subaru but i had to take a shower and blow shower? dry my hair yeah like i don't think my hair had seen a flat iron and in you had to put pants six on. weeks i had to wear real pants <laughs> it, it was i put makeup on it was a whole i bet it was you a whole great. situation i know you looked great <laughs> And then I went home and got right back in my sweatpants. <laughs> right. Like, ugh, take this off. <laughs> what is this? So, I know there's something really weird about it. Like, um, we've been home and part of part of us is just kind of going crazy. Like, we're, we're all home. You know, my husband, my four-year-old who he needs friends. I, you know, I can't be <laughs> his friend all the time. I got to be mommy too. And. And then you kind of leave and you think about getting back in the groove and you're like, okay, yeah, I miss it. And then you're like, oh, but there's some things yeah, <laughs> I don't want to do anymore. I think, I think we're going to find a happy medium I somewhere. To. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how society kind of reintegrates and, um, you know, how many people are maybe allowed to kind of flex time or, or continue to work from home yes. or you know, things like that. Um, so I think there's, there's been some good things that if we can hold on to some of the good Mm -hmm. things that have kind of come about through all of this, um, I think it'd be, I think it'd be good if we could find a little bit better balance of that, like Um, work life situation. Yeah, absolutely. I hope this really encourages some of like the bigger, more rigid companies, to get a little bit more flexible with their employees and allow them to, to work from home and things. I know that's kind of been an interesting thing for my husband is figuring that out. And I think he really enjoys it because he wakes up and he kisses my son and he's like going to work and he gets to the basement. Yeah. <laughs> he comes up later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think there will be some good changes. I am kind of, uh, over handshakes. <laughs> I shouldn't say I'm over handshakes. I'm kind of glad that handshakes might be over, but I'm going to miss hugs. Oh, yeah. I want to hug everybody oh, all the time. Oh, I'm such a hugger. <laughs> Hugs, high fives, like that kind of thing. 
formal handshakes that yeah. I just, I have this like social anxiety thing. Like I don't need you to try to flex your power move handshake. You know what I mean? Like I'm, Crush my if we can be done with that, I think that the world's going to be much better. <laughs> That's fa- Man, I need my people though. I know. I went I know. Molino's just reopened. Um, I think last Monday and I kid you not. I, so I ordered takeout and went and picked it up to go. And this was before the dining rooms started mm-hmm. opening up a little bit again. But I walked in there and Mario, the owner, yeah. I adore and immediately teared up. Because <laughs> I crying. was so happy I you, Mario. <laughs> to see him and his food. <laughs> so it's the, uh, I need my people. It's the elote. You're like, <laughs> you we don't cry. have to shake hands, but I'm going to need some elote. I'm Oh man, I love that. Yeah, there's there's definitely going to be some really interesting social changes, and it's good, just going to be, I guess, just fascinating to see it all unfold. And yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Well, and we'll we'll adjust and figure out where we fit into that as you know, as community members, as an organization. We'll just roll with it and we'll still be here. Kind of what we've done for nine years, <laughs> doing what we do. Just you know, meet the needs as they arise and, and continue to do that. And the community will, will come alongside us like they always have. I'm Absolutely. sure. So. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming into the office to sit six feet away from me. Of course. I'm so, so good happy to, s- to see your real face. So good to see your face. <laughs> so good to see your face. If you have the opportunity and you're listening to see somebody's face <laughs> drive by their house, sit outside their window, do some chalk on their driveway. I don't know. Get out and see somebody's face. It's yeah. very good for you. Connect with your people. Connect, connect, connect. All right. Well, thanks, Jen, for coming and, and yeah. having this talk. Um, we will pick up some more on some of the things we originally wanted to talk about. Hopefully this kind of gives our re- our listeners a little bit of just an update that we're still here, still doing the things we do, and some more things are coming down the line as yeah. we know more. So. We'll continue to connect with some of the other organizations and agencies and yep. have them on the podcast. And yeah. Yeah, that's we'll been really fun. Going. Yeah, yeah, we will. All right. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Until our next episode, please follow us on social media to find out how you can help. You can also become a monthly supportive listener of Look for the Helpers by donating through anchor.fm forward slash ICT SOS or by downloading our app found in Apple or Google Play. Thank you for listening. Wash your hands and stay safe.